You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Another episode of Love of Pages, the Geek Elite Media virtual book club where friends get together and torture each other with great reads and drink <laughs> because that's what friends do in the time of COVID. <laughs> it's true. It is true. So with me today, I have the lovely Naima, the lovely Jessica. Hello. And the okay, Stephen. No, I'm kidding. Hey. Great. <laughs> it's okay. I'm just going to go back and edit it so you say lovely there too. <laughs> okay, perfect. You have that power, so I'm not going to worry about it. So today we are jumping back into the second section of The Water Dancer by Tana Hesse Coates. I hope I'm still pronouncing that name right. That's good. Yeah. Sweet. And this section was really, really long. Um, before we jump into that, beverages for this evening, because they became very important in reading this, at least to me. <laughs> Jessica, what are you drinking this evening? I'm drinking Hennessy. I needed work. And, Na- <laughs> and Naima? I'm drinking wine again, but it's mainly because I just really love wine. It helps with everything. There's nothing wrong with this. Stephen, what are you drinking tonight? I have my old standby, uh, Harney and Sons Hot Cinnamon Sunset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excellent. And I am drinking uh, Jameson Black Label because I also needed whiskey with Jessica. Um, so this section of the book, I we definitely, I cannot give you, dear listener, reader, plot point by plot point because it was... A hundred and eighty something pages. It's a lot of for this section. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of book. It starts on page one twenty five and ends on page three seventeen. So somebody who's better at math can do that for me, because um, <laughs> that's not me. But it was it was a lot of book. It's this whole section here. It's a lot of book. When we were first, so, when uh, so Naima was the person who looked at the book and saw that it was in three sections when we were initially talking about it. And when when she looked at like how long the stuff was, like the actual chapter things, she was like, "So you're sure that you want to put the middle section as one thing?" And it's like it, if the person separated the book into three parts, and we do it in three parts typically, we kind of have to adhere to it. But yeah. it's making ourselves have a lot more for this middle section than we had for the first. Yeah, it is. But I do think that the portions the the partitions were correct in the storyline based on what we know now so my very quick synopsis we'll see how fast i can get this done is when we just last left hiram he had been betrayed by georgie parks and ended up in ryland's jail with with sophia we break out we we come into this next section he and Sophia have been separated it goes through his time staying at the Ryland jail and he stays for several weeks goes through lots of turmoil during that time just the sheer human atrocities of being treated as property Mm. and he is then purchased 
and he does not know who the buyer is. He's blindfolded and he is thrown into a pit where he spends the next several weeks being hunted every night. It's quite literally him being hunted until he finally lands in a pond of water and performs what we have now been, has now been termed conduction where he travels back to Lockless. From there, he wakes up to find that he is in Corrine. Uh, I can't remember her last her name either. I can't, oh, yeah. no, it's Quinn It's Quinn Corrine. Mm. It's Quinn Corrine. Corrine is her last name. Uh, in Quinn Corrine's uh, estate, and this is where he learns that he, that she, along with Hawkins and Amy are part of the Underground Railroad and Mr. Fields, his former tutor, are part of the Underground Railroad. Mm-hmm. And that they are the ones that devised this plan of him being hunted for weeks on end mm-hmm. and being thrown in mm-hmm. a black pit and starved. And basically says, you're no longer a slave, but you're now going to serve the Underground Railroad. Mm-hmm. A, a weird so, flip of circumstances, for sure. A very yeah. weird flip of circumstances, but a very poignant statement on sometimes freedom isn't freedom. Yeah, which it, is definitely a theme there, for this. Exactly. It's a, it's a big theme coming throughout the book. So yeah, that's a theme that kind of carries through the whole book. And so Hiram spends the next several months learning how to be a forger, learning about the world outside of Virginia and the Underground Railroad. He learns how to be a field agent. And eventually he makes the statement to Quinn that, look, if you want this, if you want me to be a part of this, you've got to let me in. Like, I'm not just going to take you at your word anymore. Like, that's just, it's not (laughs) happening. So... She says, fine, she wants something in exchange. And what she wants in exchange is she wants him to forge the papers that basically cost Georgie his life. Georgie mm-hmm. Parks' his life. And as we will later come to learn, all of Freetown um, in its entirety. He does this. He learns Mr. Field's real name is, and somebody who, Mac- Stephen, what Mac- did the auto? Macaud Shabland. So Bland is his is Fields' real last name. And with Hawkins and Fields, he goes to Philadelphia. Hawkins returns quickly back to Virginia, but Bland stays with him. Mm-hmm. There he is introduced to Otis. Is that how they pronounce it in the audio? Otha. Otha. Otis? Otha. Otha and Robert. Rodney. Who's the other? I like who's the, the brother? I, I like this game. Raymond? Raymond? Raymond. <laughs> there are so many names. Raymond. Raymond White. Uh, Raymond White. So the entire White family who half of were born and lived for long stretches of time in slavery. The other part were born into slavery, but Mrs. White, their mother, got them out at a much younger age mm-hmm. permanently. Um, from there, 
Hiram get builds somewhat of a life in Philadelphia over the next year, year and a half, where he works as a woodworker and works for the Underground Railroad, and he builds a kind of community centered around the members of the Underground Railroad. He then attends a conference where he is introduced to the only other conductor um, who can who can, has the powers that he has, which is apparently Harriet Tubman. Yeah, so Naima and I had a conversation earlier today about this one. <laughs> and, and I want to get into it because I had a lot of thoughts on this too. I did too. Um, and I'll be intrigued to see where you guys all fall on that. But I will um, know, though, as soon as he heard, said the word Moses, like, way oh, early on, I was yeah. like, Harriet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. Once we learned about Moses having, and it was like, oh, okay, well, we know who that is. Yeah. But like, um, even then, still they confirmed it was Harriet. I was still like, is that <laughs> <laughs> um, But so he goes to a New York convention where he is reunited with somebody he does not remember, Keisha, who is Thena's oldest daughter and his now connection back to his roots, to home. Mm Mm-hmm. During the convention time, Bland is makes the decision, because he isn't forced to by any means, but he makes the determination that Otha's, Otha's family, his wife and his children, are still in Alabama. And so Bland and the underground put together a method to get them out. And at first, at the start of the convention, they all get notice that he successfully got Otha's family. And that they're mm-hmm. headed north. And that they're in Indiana, which is free territory. A few days later at the convention, they learned that they had been captured, Bland had been killed, and Otha's family had been returned to their former owner. This obviously creates huge devastation uh, throughout the the underground underground railroad community there's um from there though harriet decides that it's time for hiram to learn how to get a saddle on his horse is the the metaphor (laughs) that they continually use and so she enlists hiram to go to maryland with her in a single night from philadelphia to maryland to rescue her brothers and at least one of their wives. And this is where she kind of explains to Hiram how this is how this works. And he uses that time to kind of learn the two days to learn how to what he what's still missing from him being able to do it. Which I mean is a great learning curve like he did fantastically yeah. I, st- I still don't know how to use all the features in photoshop and that dude <laughs> all in that two days. uh when they return he has received a letter from virginia from quinn Crean requesting that he come back to the virginia post and he agrees this time but he agrees this time as a truly what he feels is a truly free man not being coerced into it 
he makes the decision himself. And before he leaves, Harriet gives him some very strong pieces of advice about the fact that he is the one with the powers. And while there are many who would like to be in the saddle to steer how the train goes, he needs to be the one who is always steering the train. So he goes back and we learn at the end of the section, his father wants him back as head of the tasked on Lockless. And he agrees to do that. So that's kind of where we leave off. Is that I tried to do big brush strokes. <laughs> this, so, this is good. I like it. But, <laughs> yeah, no. no, just are you so, raising your it, hand with a question? Huh? You had your hand. Who me? No. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> so I I would like to start with a question of so far, who's your favorite character? I don't know. I want, I want to fill for time as people think. <laughs> Everyone's got thinking faces. Everyone, everyone does have thinking faces. This is one I and I, I knew I was going to ask it, and I still can't pick. So I'm going to be quite honest. This is like a really, really hard one. So if you need to give me like top three, that's great. I think so far, my top two really are tied between Mrs. White. Raymond and Othra's mother. Yeah. And Mr. Mars, who runs the bakery in Philadelphia, who's just like, no, no, no. You're part of the underground. You're part of the family. Like, this yeah. is this is family now. Like, all the Philadelphia people, really. Just all of them are just people. great. Although I could definitely see, like, how Raymond potentially rubs people like Hawkins or those who do who are more of the field agents rubs them kind of the wrong way because he's just so out in the open about it. And they're like, no, no, that costs lives. Like, please stop doing that <laughs> to a certain extent. I but, like, yeah. uh, Kesia. Is it Kesia? Her name? Kesia. Yeah. Yeah. Kesia. Kesia. I really liked her. I wanted more from her. I really, I don't know. I, th- I think cause she was just so vital to Hiram at the moment that, and I do. I also really like Hiram. I really, <laughs> I think he's a good complex lead character. So, Absolutely. I want to throw Hiram in there, but I just want to be like Harriet, Mister Mars, and then like Kessia. <laughs> but like, yeah. I feel like Hiram as the lead character needs to be in that role. <laughs> it's like, okay, who do I kick yeah. out? I kind of figured. <laughs> I kind of figured we were putting Hiram in his own box. I was kind oh, of okay. Going, All right. Like, yeah. who's your favorite? <laughs> Let me let me rephrase my question. Who's your favorite supporting character? Yeah. Then if we're going for Harriet. Like, yeah, too. no, like I, <laughs> yeah. I, I really, really, really like I, I don't know how this reads if you're just reading the text of it, but I loved the the powerful moment between uh between Harriet Tubman and her family when they were oh, actually doing the conduction. Um yeah. Naomi, did you get to listen to that part as audio? Yeah, so I read the book listen to it because i was like there's context missing here if you don't like you can't hear some of the things and so mm-hmm. i listened to it and it it, it i guess sounds a lot different than it's read because i didn't read it in sort of a carl and response mm-hmm. type situation even though like it reads like that but it was, it was a lot power more powerful to like hear it but mm-hmm. yeah 
at a certain point I was like, this feels like church. Yeah. I loved it so much. That was my favorite. We had two different experiences. Like okay. I felt like I was sitting there as like a small child going like, what are they doing? <laughs> That's how I felt. So I, when, when I was a kid, I, I had to go to a Methodist church one time and Methodists. Um, yeah. That's I, what it is. Like, yeah. Like yeah. they, like it's, Everyone prays at the same time audibly, <laughs> and that yeah. threw me off. Um, that is not how church was when I was a kid. Um, but in this moment, I was like, "Oh, I like this." When I was listening to the audiobook, I was like, "This is interesting." There's some power to this one. I like this. Everyone's like a support role sometimes for someone else. Then they say something. It was nice. So I I really enjoyed that moment. Um, and it's interesting because the even though that that whole scene is, I think it's driving home this theme that. Um, that I think was set up in the beginning of the book where to be able to have this power, you also have to have like bear in mind these memories of everything. Mm-hmm. And so that history is what gives you the power to be able to do this and taking that theme and then carrying it into this scene where it's this like living history where those people are this actual embodiment of that history and still using the history of that past to give them this power. Like it was so much. See, and I think I definitely got more with you along I, – I, to me, it was the piece that was missing for Hiram is that history means nothing unless it's connected to its to the people that are affected by it and the people that you're trying to change that history for in the future. Like, he didn't understand the importance of the underground – really the importance of the Underground Railroad or the conduction power until he got those family – connections mm-hmm. on on display mm-hmm. for him i am also very... it was okay go ahead oh, um it reminds me of a quote that i like wrote down from earlier yeah. in the book that he he wrote down something to the effect of like there was they were having like a war against the task but his was a war against those who had been tasked mm-hmm. but like the whole thing is like his memory was missing his history like he could remember everything else but that was the part that was missing and then they kind of like laid in hard that that was the actual piece that was missing it's like you keep blocking out your mother your connections with these people he had no mm-hmm. recollection of kessia at all mm-hmm. but she was like i was there during your whole childhood i watched you and he was like no <laughs> it's like didn't happen <laughs> Yeah. There's there's a certain element of it where as he's learning the stories of the other people, it's it's becoming a thing where it's like, no, this is your history. And he's internalizing that in a way. There's that part where he starts like, and I don't know if I thought of this properly or interpreted it properly, but there's a part where he starts conducting before he actually has the power of it. And the person's like, what? It's It's happening in front of them they're kind of like seeing like the blue glow arise when he starts quoting the lady who who he read the letter of oh you mean in bland's house yeah Yeah. when they switch seats yeah yes and so he starts quoting it and it's just spilling out of him it's not even a thing where he's thinking about it in that moment he's he's just being a conduit for the memory of that person and starts to do it it's that was that was crazy. I, I, I don't have better words for that. See, and that goes to my prediction of what we're going to see in this last section is really the blossoming of his ability to recall. Because Harriet can recall her own history, mm-hmm. but she she says she needs to know the person she's conducting if they're going to come with her. I'm going to guess that Hiram, because of his 
perfect recall and his perfect memory and his ability to mm-hmm. put himself in the the life of those people will be able to conduct people that he's just had stories of. Mm-hmm. So he just needs the person on the other end to have given him a pre-story to find them. Yeah. And they, they kind of showed how he can become another person when, you know, when he was learning how to be a field agent and she was, he was doing all the forging and he says, I was becoming them. Like I, like he got a good understanding of them and I think it like scared him to the point too. But, but I was like, that's just, awesome because i would never think like forging that you'd have to actually like be that person to know how they would write but i was like no yeah that makes a lot of sense you'd have to know their exact personality to do their right strokes and everything so it's pretty cool there's an interesting part of it where like him going through so much of the memories of other people and like basically like taking these stories with him so that he can tell them later where i've continuously thought of another book um, that I read when I was like much younger. Um, terrible person of an author, but uh, Orson Scott Card's um, uh, Speaker for the Dead, that's one of mm-hmm. the large portions of the idea of that book, which he wrote when he was much younger and apparently not a doo-doo person. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it, it's a constant theme that I think is a really interesting one that I think I would love to see explored more where it's like the truth of a person's life is so much like to have that person's own version of themselves is mm-hmm. so much more interesting of a thing than what other people make of the person. You know, I don't know. I don't know if I'm saying that one correctly either. Yeah. I think was there- I get it. Yeah. Oh, I, I sorry. Think- like the whole, so there's like this back and forth with a lot of the people who became free where they're like, Oh, I could go back. I was happy there with, um, Harry's brother where he hadn't left yet. And he starts telling, uh, Hiram about he's like oh you know I considered that I could just stay there and be with her and it wasn't so bad and it was like their tale of what their life is like is a lot different from just like well this is what happened then because history will take the grand scheme of things and be like well this is what this was where it's like an individual's recollection of what their life was or what their tale is is going to be much different mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah well and I think for me going off of that the the most heart-wrenching scene was Mary when she announced, when she requested her freedom while in Philadelphia. And so Raymond went down to honor that. And when she gets back to the house, she says, well, I need my, I need my husband and my other boys. And they're like, we, that's beyond our power. And she's like, well, then your freedom isn't really freedom. Like it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean anything. You're no different than than the masters, the quality, because you just tear families apart anyway. So, like, what's what's this worth it to me if I'm not going to be made whole with the rest of my family? Yeah. And it was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, we we all we looking back at history perceive the underground railroad as this monolith of perfect good fighting against perfect evil. And this kind of delves into those edges. And like you were saying, Naima, the difference between what history sees in the big picture and what individuals see 
mm-hmm. in their day-to-day lives. I mean, I think that's like one of the biggest things about like looking at history kind of just from like a bird's eye view type of thing is like when I like hear people talk about the Underground Railroad, it's like this, ah, it's the Underground Railroad. They say it's like all of these slaves, everything went great. And we talk about Harriet Tubman in this like grandiose type of way. Harriet Tubman freed the majority of her family and it was a big feat for the time, but it is not as if like she built an entire tunnel, like dug it with her own hands. Like it was a feat. It was an amazing accomplishment, but like, if you think of things in perspective, she was, wasn't able to get everyone. She did tear her family piece by piece. It even touches a bit on this in this book. Like she didn't see her parents cause she couldn't like seeing that would have aroused suspicion and then blown the whole thing. Like mm-hmm. the people yeah. that worked this type of life gave up a lot and sacrificed a lot for this. And then the people who chose to partake in it for a better life for the future sacrificed a lot gave up a lot like you left Mm -hmm. your family behind um was it osa's mother that basically took her i think it was either just her oldest son or her oldest two sons but there was this portion of it where um he was recalling Uh, what his mother said to him and he was like because i think i wrote it down because i can only carry so many and i can only carry them so far and that was the part that i was like someone said that they cried i'm like is this the part you cried about because this is the only part that got me like well, that's real. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> that was one. <laughs> yes, I was gonna... <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say that part got me. The part with Hiram's realization that the people torturing him were the people that he had idolized yeah. as this, as these saviors. It was that, that was my angry tears. Though I was like so pissed. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding?" <laughs> But so, bleep so that out. Sorry. <laughs> so speaking of that, there there is. So I do want to talk about Quinn Corrine or Corrine Quinn. Yeah, really it's sure uh, Corrine Quinn. I, I looked up Corrine. to verify. Is it Corrine Quinn? Thank yeah. you. I'll say I had both the names. I had both the names. Um, and the Virginia field office, essentially Virginia station. So I at least I'll I'll start I started this section hating them. Like I I hated them. I hated them from the from the jump. By the time Hiram went back I hated them a lot less. I don't necessarily like them. <laughs> I like them. I did I did okay, I don't, I, straight, a little a little a little. <laughs> I I did but like, like the, the I conversation could, that she had with him cuz she said like she basically said, like, your debt's not paid. And, like, no, you go to hell. This dude's done so much. No. Yeah. But at the same time, the cold calculating part of me, the part of me that goes, you know, you're in a war. And wars, yeah. ha- like, you, you're actively in a war. I was like, I guess I sympathized more? No, I sympathized with the I- idea of the fact that they need him. I don't like that they called it in like like it's like a receipt. <laughs> but you also have to but she did definitely she did appreciate his like pushback. Like she was she was perfectly fine with like she she clearly is like I'm going to I'm going to push this as far as you're going to let me push this. You think she was testing the field with him to see I think she was testing how much control she had over him. Well, so and what had happened for. since he went to Philadelphia? Like it's been a year and a half. How have you changed? What am I going to be facing with? What are, what calculations as essentially your c- 
commanding officer. Because really, that to me is what the structure feels like. Mm-hmm. Is like she is still very much the general of this of this field. So she's looking at it like, okay, what liabilities and risks do I need to anticipate for? What strengths and benefits have you adapted over your time? Like, I need to know how to best, like, you agreed to come back, so I need to know how to best put you to use. And I mean, like, so as a Virginia native, nothing about her personality surprised me at all. Like, this, this, <laughs> like I'm with a lot of flack for that, but it's like, it's a, like, Virginia just, like, I like that they chose Virginia specifically as that place, because Virginia is considered the South for the majority part that it is, and then there's that, like, weird little strip, like, right there by D.C. That's, like, the nice place, and we consider it the North. But, <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the, the rest, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, like, the rest, the rest of the entire, um, the rest of the entire state is just, like, eh, that's the South. And it's going to act in, like, sort of, like, in line with that. And so, like, she is this person that we learned went to these meetings and she started learning more about like a movement and these types of things and she wanted to get involved. But like, I think a really important thing is you can't still forget like her roots. Like she still has that ingrained in her. Like, Mm -hmm. even though it's like, she believes in like, yes, they should be free. They shouldn't be like bound by another person or be property and all of that. She, I think at least what I felt in like this situation is like P she felt like she was, owed something and even if he felt like his debt was paid she was still like well i'm here and you're here like i'm not owning you but like still know your place like i decide when your debt is paid you just go along with this until like like i say when and i think that's kind of how she thought this was going to go down and i kind of think my predictions are that's not the way it's going to go down especially (laughs) with harriet's advice that's not how that's going to work out no yeah and it no. seems like none of the people on the underground think that's how that works out. Like, she's under this impression that she's got, like, everyone tight reins, everything's going well. But it seems from the conversations between the rest of them is like, listen, Kareen doesn't know about this. Um, we'll have to tell her eventually. But, like, you know, like, uh... she plays her game. We do things our way. But, you know, you're doing this on your own free will. This isn't a part of that. That's something else. And it's like, they seem to do i don't want to say like covert but their own like side underground like (laughs) rescues and then the ones that are like you know signed and like stamped korean approved yeah there's like um there's like franchises of the underground in this yeah well and and quite honestly when you think about it like there had to be and there had to be a little bit of of disassociation and everybody operating a little Mm -hmm. differently because you could only like I think the part that got me was the fact that it made Bland made it pretty clear that she killed her parents <laughs> and probably her first husband. Um, that was a little less shocking than she probably killed her parents to take control, which again, I'm like, good on her. She believed in something. She's going for it. She's made a decision and she's go- like, she is all in. She's like, fuck it. I know the calculations. I like you're saying. And I'm- good, good, good job. She killed her parents. Is there good job. Well, they weren't great people. Like if we're like stacking. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing people I deserve to die. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not in any way saying people deserve to die, but she, what I appreciate, I guess, is she is she has put her money where her mouth is in terms of 
a lot of a lot of the underground railroad, you know, including your discussion about Harriet Tubman focusing mostly on her family. It's all about their personal gain. And while yes, there's they are sacrificing it is for a direct personal gain. Kareen, Quinn has made the decision. I believe in this enough that I'm willing to sacrifice. And I am not necessarily getting as much personally in return. But See, so I am I going think- to I agree with that. <laughs> I don't think it's the uh, white savior. I think she thinks she's the. Well, no, I think that's exactly savior. that's what, exactly that's what her she goal thinks. is. She wants to be boom. I am above all you. I freed all of you. Like that's. I think she might be a little naive to think that she's not at risk because I think that like the people who are working the underground railroad know they're like she is putting herself at risk and that's why they are putting their trust in her because they know what will happen to a person like her I think she might be operating under this idea that she is so slick and so cunning and she's gotten Mm -hmm. away with tricking the people that she isn't as at risk she's just like no if they're ever caught who will believe them but it's just like you're still in a precarious position (laughs) doing this and I didn't get that. I thought the fact that she felt the stakes were so much higher because she's very clear what happens to her, which is why she was so controlling. Because she's like, no, I can't. I am already taking huge risks. I'm not going to let your whims and feelings put me more at risk. And I agree, Jessica. She absolutely thinks she's a white savior. Most white saviors aren't even willing to put enough skin in the game to do any good. So, yeah, she's at fault for being a, for being a white savior. Absolutely. No question. I do not think she is a... Oh, Becca, no one should feel fault for trying to be a white savior. I'm just going to throw that out. <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, it's not a great name to be called, but at least you're doing something. <laughs> so just That's like... <laughs> but I, I, I guess what I'm saying is... is, is if you're going to be labeled that, the fact that she has put skin in the game as opposed to just play- paying it lip service, to me, gives her more credibility. And and I agree with Hiram makes the statement towards the end um, when he's talking to Harriet's brother that nobody's pure and mm-hmm. none of this is pure. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather be honest about being impure than pretend that I am pure. Like above it all, because like I think that's a really like good theme throughout the book is he keeps encountering all of these things where it's like you don't know about it until you see it, and then you have these high expectations of it. It's like oh my god, the underground, this type of thing. Like even um, Georgie Parks and Freetown, he was like, this thing exists, this is here, and then to be let down by it, and then to like discover the underground and get there and be like, oh god, these people let me be tortured for like an unspecified amount of time just to know that I was okay to be let into this and then to like get out to the other side and realize oh yeah we're perfectly okay with murdering someone who like wasn't technically on our side like they're using like our name for like a bad thing and it's like yes we understand that person can't exist for us to continue but is murder really the route that we're willing to go like where's the line there and he keeps running into this problem the line, is, like, the line is just past murder just yeah that's oh. <laughs> just past murder <laughs> two murders i mean in in there this situation in 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 this portion portion of history there are things i can think of that are worse than murder oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> i mean 
I'm just going to throw that out there. Like, but see, they already been through that. Like, that's not new to him. (laughs) There, there there are worse fates than murder. Um, so I know that we're like, there's so much, there's so, so much to talk about and we could Mm -hmm. literally make a four hour podcast on this, but I do want to hit on something because we, I know we all have opinions on it. Harriet Tubman being the one who's got conduction powers. I want to hit on this. What's everybody's thought? Does anybody Everyone want me to go first? first? Okay. I will go first. I'll I'll get the ball rolling. Naima, you bring it in for a close. Um Wait, I don't I don't want to go before say, Naima was, on this one. I, I want to say that I was pissed. I, I was pissed. It uh-huh. really I this is the one part that I was really mad at our author. Because to me, I felt like giving her this superpower cheapened all of the things that she actually did in history. Like doing it in the concept, you know, giving Hiram this, this ability in the concept of the underground railroad, which is a historical thing full of really powerful and important historical people. I'm generally fine with, but to take a historical figure who did do a lot. I mean, even above and beyond just her work in the underground railroad, her work with the union army and the she number the of spy raids. She was ever female general, technically. Exactly. So. The number of spy raids that she ran and the number of, you know, s- Confederate bases she destroyed. Like, to me, giving her supernatural powers cheapens the history. And so it really kind of bothered me. However, with that being said, I like the way she is portrayed in terms of being very grounded and very down to earth and very focused on her world and her mission and her family and what she's looking to do. She chooses who she brings out because that is very historically accurate to who she was. And so I did appreciate those kinds of characterizations, but I just, giving her superpowers just really kind of bugged me. It really bothered me. What's the next? (laughs) I can, I've granted. I can go next. Um, I was kind of like you at first, like a little like annoyed that that was the choice to have her be the one. But then I kind of thought, like, that's kind of what we do with heroes from the past is we exaggerate them and we give them these mythical powers in a way to, like, elevate their story. And it is still a story and it's still fictional and he's not saying it's real. And so I was like, I kinda I kinda get it. And I feel like I know there was another book I read where Harriet wasn't a character in it, but she was talked about. And it was a book about the underground. And I, I can't remember. I, I read it when I was a kid. And I remember she was talked about as having magical powers. Like I that's what I remember was that she was thought like that's how good she was. Was she she would bring up a fog or something like, and to me that book was like making her like a witch to me or something, which I thought was cool. But like, like I don't like, I get it. I'm still, I'm kind of like on the balance. Cause I was like, she was such a good, she was a real person. Like she did such an amazing things without this power. But at the same time, I understand why you would introduce a, a power to it in a fictional story kind of thing i don't know i'm still very conflicted on it <laughs> like but I, d- I liked how she was written and it's mainly because i love this portrayal of harriet i'm like yes this is 
this is great. This is well written. And I'm part of me is like, yes, yes, she could do this. Like just who knows? I don't know, but, but I don't know. And, and it could be because I'm one of those people that just accept. Yeah. Some people can have magic in them too. So I'm like, I don't, I don't know. So I just, I'm conflicted. Steven. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to go before Naima. Yeah, no, <laughs> gotta go. You're going this before Naima. Go. <laughs> okay, gotta no. go. No, for this one, um, I liked it better before when it was just that she was said to have these abilities, and we didn't get to see her and have big interactions with her. I was consistently surprised that we that she was still around and doing this much. Um, it, like in the narrative, it's a real brave decision for yeah. the author to have made. And I don't know if it's just the way that the person reads it for the audiobook, but she's she's Yoda in this, right? She's Yoda. Uh, she sits on a rock. No. She's got a little cane. Oh no. I, I was, <laughs> she teaches him how to do it. I was like, I don't know if it was made worse for me because of like I immediately was like, he's making a Yoda. Um, but yeah, I, I just I liked it better before she was around a lot. I, I I really liked the idea that someone said that she could have this power that this person had and everything. I want I want Harriet Tubman to have awesome powers. I want I want this to have been true. Um, but she did yes. those things without these without this ability, yeah. and that was fine. I did, yeah, I did. that's where I'm at too. Like, it makes sense, but like, it's not what happened. <laughs> yeah, but I, again, she she's a good character though. She has great dialogue with him and everything. And I don't know. I as much as I still like felt things from the parts that she was in, I still like even the part where she's tired out after they first go across the water, and he first like comes up to her and she like springs awake or whatever that moment even played a little comedic for me <laughs> and it shouldn't have yeah i don't know uh, okay all right naima you want to bring it in i'll try to keep this as succinct as possible i loved it i thought the whole thing was freaking <laughs> hilarious but <laughs> <laughs> like i'm thinking it from a perspective of just like so being a part of the like african-american african descent community there is a lot of folklore like just as much as there is in like any other like culture type mm -hmm. thing except ours is kind of based on like people people that exist and people that we've made out to be something more than they were it just is because that's all we really had to go off of so like harriet tubman despite us knowing she's a historically accurate person who existed and did great things her entire story is already wrapped in all of this yeah. yes hug, <laughs> all of this like type of like magical type thing like stories that were told about her were that she was performing miracles this was not a thing that a normal person did yeah. so the author kind of just took that and like they were a lot like i was not expecting harriet to be like like a major character like i felt like we had like a weird character change like if this was like a sitcom they like replaced the main character just introduced <laughs> a random person they're like uh -huh. you'll find this person great and then they're like okay she's gone now bye but, like, I did like it more at the beginning where it was like Moses because I immediately got that. And I was mm -hmm. like, are, are they going to bring Harriet Tubman into this? And I was uh -huh, like, yeah. it's a choice. It is a choice. 
that's to say for one um but like i honestly did like it like it was it was weird i did get a little bit of the yoda vibe yoda was not the first thing i thought of but it was much like a like yes this is like you're like protege of types and like you can lean on me so like all of that was a bit of a reach for me where it was like, yeah, just go ahead and give me a ring whenever you feel like you need to, like on our conduction hotline, just, you know, like think really hard and I'll like be there for you. But <laughs> like, I really did like that. It fell into those like stories of how like one like person that like had gained freedom would like make it back to like a slave. Like there's this woman, this woman is more than man. This woman will be like your ticket to salvation. Like mm-hmm. she isn't there for everyone, but she is there. And all of the stories that are told about Harry Tubman still can't justify how she did what she did. The yeah, majority that's of the mm-hmm. time. that's so, it. They have no idea how she did it. I was like, maybe she was like, maybe like, she did have magic. Gap of space. Like, who knows? I have prophets <laughs> in my family. Like who knows? <laughs> so like I did I did like it for like how the magic came in because I was a little bit skeptical on the first part because I didn't see the magic coming in I was like what are they gonna do to make this more than just a tale about a guy coming from being a slave to not being a slave in the underground railroad and I didn't know where the magic would come in I was like okay he has a power what's the power does it like what does the power do come to find out the power is basically the entirety of the underground railroad it's like the basis for it it's like the thing that people who wanted to be a part of a movement sought out to find because they couldn't do it by themselves so it kind of like brings in people and gives them a purpose because if i think about it any other way Hiram without this power would be the most insignificant character in this series because they've made everyone else story so high like he's missing most of his history like if you think of Otha's background we have like this huge tale for Otha even like Kessie has got like this huge story behind her and we only saw her for how many pages and then it's Hiram I don't think he like, would be a bad character Hiram. then because he, he would, we would no still, not bad he, he would Just still a be a, bad. No, like, I, I don't think he would be a non-entity entity either because he's he in that situation his one thing is that um, he has this memory to recall everyone's stories and so in this he would be the most active uh, narrator of people's stories by having lived with them and actively collected them because mm-hmm. he's writing the whole book of everything so you're I mean, saying the watchman? I mean, you kind of, yeah. Like, like he's ah, he's going or, around collecting everyone's stories and telling them and everything. And I think even if everything watchers, else about him, it is. Uh, even if he didn't have the ability that he has for conduction, I think he, it would still be an interesting one. Like if he's, if if he was using the power of conduction, not necessarily being just the the ability only to be able to like fold space or whatever, and then take people across areas i think mm-hmm. his could be like a different facet of the same ability bringing these stories from one place to another perfectly i mean i love that but i also think about the weird detrimental thing that would like his recall is amazing and how that would kind of like impede sort of the things that made some of the underground railroad possible like some of the things that happened and like how things worked and all of that stuff was because people didn't have all parts of the mm-hmm. story. Like yeah. we have like this thing that like yeah. Harriet didn't tell everyone every piece for mostly safety, but it also allowed this idea of this thing of this like pathway to like safety in a future to like spill through like 
an entire community of people who would have no other reason of knowing each other yeah because it was this folktale because it was this thing that was existed but was like slightly out of reach yeah if a person was just going around telling you exactly how it was and it was like it's actually not that you have to trek through the middle of the night for multiple nights under the cover of wind and at any given time someone could catch you and then use you as a doll for sport probably most people would not have signed up for that no, yeah, That's, and they, they, yeah. I, I definitely enjoy that the fact that they treat uh, enjoy is not the right one. I appreciate um, that they treat the stuff as they should. Talking about the Underground Railroad as being this like decentralized network, so no one person is even in charge. Though I do think Green Quinn kind of fancies herself in charge in a lot of ways. Uh, at least of the at least of the Virginia yeah. station, yeah. yeah, yeah. I do think in this section two he also set kind of what time he's writing this in he had he does the section where he gets on the train the first time and he mentions that they don't have the colored section like like they do Mm -hmm. now so to me that implies it's after the war that this is Mm -hmm. that he is actually writing this down so i found that really interesting like okay now i've got where you're writing this from Right. And how they'll fit all of that in like this much left of the book is beyond me. (laughs) I feel like like, we're going to get that. And then you know what happened next. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, and then there was war. Next page. Abraham, Abraham, the last thing is just four score and seven years ago. (laughs) So, well, and and maybe we we don't get a conclusion in this one. Maybe there's a second book. Yeah. I I, I don't think there's a second book. I feel like this has. I don't think there's a second book, but I don't think that it definitely it comes to like a neat patched up like conclusion yeah. of everything. But so real quick, we have about this much left of the book. Predictions. Anybody got any predictions? The amount of information Stephen and I got from Wikipedia is now been exhausted, or at least all of mine. Yeah. So everybody is free to to jump on the prediction train. I would, however, like to point out, although I did not have knowledge of it, I did call Hawkins and Amy part of the Underground Railroad. <laughs> Ah, did. I did <laughs> not. I did not. I did not pull uh, Quinn Kareen, but I got halfway there. Who else has got predictions? Uh, that he's gonna use conduction. Mm. <laughs> he, so he will figure it out. <laughs> yes, there you go. I mean, I really hope that happens. If we've done all this build up and then like he just struggles with it for the rest of the book, would be just really disappointing. Like, that's the last. And, and then know. I never learned. <laughs> it's like I think back on all this on how I could have made a change, and it's like what? <laughs> no, but um, I just want to like shoot the breeze. Like as I'm thinking about it and all the stuff that happened in like the last portion of the book, like I'm going character by character of what happens to them. So I'm thinking probably, you know, Hiram goes back. I think he does something that will probably pr- like anger Kareem. Yeah, I agree with <laughs> that. This either he tries to use his own connections to just get uh, Athena and Sophia out. Or, like, he does something. I don't think both of them make it. And that's more the cynical person of me. I don't think both uh, of them make it. And I would put my money on Thena not making it because they stress so much that she's older. And even though Kessie is out there and is like, you know, if she wants to and she could make it, like, there's a place for her. But, like, you know, I said my goodbyes a long time ago. It was like, mm-hmm. okay, well, that might mean that she has to maybe say a goodbye again. 
you know, like it's not really the end of that. Like she, like, it's just like that whole, like, Oh, well, like she hasn't really lost her mother. Her mother is still there. It's just far away. And I think a big like theme throughout this whole thing is the kind of, I don't know the kind of environment it, it all is because I feel like it's really hard to like understand without like more context of what it's like to like be separated from your family. Cause now like when you think about it, like we have family all over the country. It's like, you don't see your family for a year. Like I literally did not see my own aunt and uncle and my cousins for a solid decade. But like, if I saw them on the street, I would recognize them. Like that's not an issue for me, <laughs> but it's like, we had the whole like coming together of like, both and Raymond and their mother and their brothers, and they didn't recognize each other. Like, so when families are torn apart like that, there is kind of that disconnection. She knows her mother exists, but like, is there that like maternal daughter instinct? So I think something has to happen there because they introduced Kessia for a reason and Thena mm-hmm. still exists for a reason. So like, cause they, I don't want to say that they could have killed Thena off while Hiram was gone. Yeah. 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 It's like he's been gone for a while. The fact that she still exists and there's a possibility she could get out just leads me to thinking she doesn't get all the way. But she is a, a really good, like, I don't want to say conductor for his conduction, but she helps him along the way of to getting to the point he needs to go because she was that kind of fill-in mother figure. So her is going to have a big part. Hello, dog. Okay. <laughs> uh <laughs> and then, I, of course, Hiram has to do conduction, but I only think he'll get away with it once. Like, I don't think that he's going to get to move as many people because they wouldn't have introduced, like, Harriet Tubman and then had, like, Hiram be like, and then I freed 400 people. Yeah. Take that, Harriet. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Steven? I don't really have any predictions. I think he possibly learns a lesson from Fina. That's all I got. So I I think both Thena and Sophia are going to get out, but I think where the the heartbreak's going to come come in is Sophia's going to leave him. Ooh. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. She, she like, I mean, he before. knows this. Yeah, she knows he, he this. Knows he knows this, this. But, he keeps, but he keeps holding on to that dream, and I think that's what's going to break him, and I think at the end we're going to see him start doing conduction more, but basically see him kind of throwing himself into other people's stories because his story doesn't turn out the way he wants it to. Mm. I wonder. So I, I think while he'll use conduction to get Thena and Sophia out, I think Sophia's leaving him is what's going to be the catalyst for him utilizing his powers to reach farther into the south to get people. May, you know, I, I'm with you. I don't think he's going to like free 400 people, no, but I, yeah. I, I also I do think he's going to get to. I think he's. I think it's going to be left to the idea that he's using it more than once. Yeah. I don't think we're going to yeah. see him use it a lot more than once, but I think that's going to be the kind of closing premise. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at Stephen's face just because I'm wondering, like, I don't know if it's different listening to it a bit, but like when it has those, I don't want to say flashbacks, but it's like flash forwards to him, like narrating it the way it's being read. And that might just be the actor reading it seems like light like lighter in retrospect like he's looking at things with like a mm-hmm. oh like ugh, if i'd only known that then type mm-hmm. of thing like i could have done this but like he doesn't feel it doesn't seem like there's like weight leaning on him in so any he way he's just like tragic. yeah it was just like you know these were this is information that may have been helpful mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you know it went how it went 
I'm wondering Perhaps, if there's a time to me component. it was the huh? Oh yeah. Perhaps Sophia's oh. like um Harriet's brother's wife where she's pregnant with the white man's child. Maybe. She was a left back there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she was left back and, and her yeah, and how she was his property was that she was his place. I don't want to make this longer, but that also made me really mad when Harriet's brother was like, I don't want to raise a white man's child. It's like, okay, first like, of all, I really, back it up. I, I really expected him to say something like, <laughs> like, I am. I, I know. I was waiting for him to be like, what's wrong with <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but that wouldn't have been in Hiram's character. Yeah, that's true. Hiram yeah. doesn't tend to speak unless it is absolutely required. This is true. Like, he's, he is very much about just the absorbing people's other people's stories and histories mm-hmm. so yeah that's true I, I really am wondering as we're talking about uh predictions here i don't think that it plays into it necessarily um for the book like when it's written from because there's a part where he he says something about how there are some people who are still involved in this stuff so i won't use their names you know but i'm really wondering if there's a time component to his ability in some way, shape, or form also he's going to utilize. Mm. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, anything is possible. I don't anticipate it because to me, the time components have so far just been utilizing those past memories as the catalyst to move distance mm-hmm. as opposed to actually move time. Well, that, mm-hmm. that, that, and I know it's just my like stupid, like, dorky brain but like space and time are the same thing yeah <laughs> all that wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff and yes exactly. I had to put that there okay. I, I, I was hoping you were going to because otherwise I was going to laugh so. but on that note because we do owe it to you dear listener not to make this a four hour podcast um <laughs> Jessica, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter as J.M. Bailey writes. And Stephen, where can people find you to discuss Photoshop? (laughs) Uh, You can find me all across social media as either Peppermint Gentleman or Peppermint Gent for short. And Naima, where can people find you to discuss timey-wimey things? (laughs) Well, you can find me on Instagram at Ema Janan, um, and I look forward to talking about books with you all there. Fantastic. And you can find me with the rest of Geek Elite Media at Geek Elite Media and our Facebook page forward slash Geek Elite Media. Archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts can be found on our website, geekelitemedia.com. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get this podcast. Mm-hmm. And if you have a couple if you have a couple dollars, please head over on to our Patreon page. We could use the support to keep bringing podcasts like this and others on our network out to you. So, until next time, this is the Love of Pages reminding you to keep turning those pages and always remember to... Geek out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Peace.